And a good afternoon to you. Thank you for being with us. Glad to have you on board on a partly cloudy but warmer. Hallelujah. 42 degrees. You bet. We will take it. And uh, we have, of course, uh, wet weather moving in. But it's not a complete rain out. It's, they use the term, instead of saying rain, they use the term showers. And there's a difference. Meaning that, you know, showers come and go, whereas rain is pretty much with you from start to finish. And so a lot of water in the next, well, the rest of the week, actually. But not a good time to be working outside. But at least we're not in the, in the, in the uh, you know, in the, in the deep freeze. And so uh, temperatures remaining well above uh, freezing. As a matter of fact, we're going to see 62 by Friday. Our lows at night only down around 50. And this, uh, this Baptist farmer is glad to see it. And so we are very grateful and very thankful for you being on board with us this afternoon. It was so bad over the weekend that I, was I had pumped water up into barrels. And uh, the water froze so deep in the barrels that I took a hatchet and could not bust the surface to dip the water out to water the cows. So, uh, yeah, I had to carry it from the creek. So anyway, it, uh, <laughs> yeah, glad to see it warm up a little bit. And, of course, usually just a little ice, you just pop it with a hatchet, and it busts, and you dip your water out to keep barrels full. I had, like, almost, almost 200 gallons of water draw up uh, from the creek, had it pumped up. And then, lo and behold, it froze so hard, could not get it out. Even my rain barrel froze and couldn't get it out. So, uh, yeah, aggravating for sure. But anyway, good, uh, good news in that warmer weather is upon us. Well, not so good news if you're traveling this afternoon. It's, it's not bad, but uh, we do have traffic tie-ups, and it's particularly I-26. You're going to get slow when you get around the Biltmore Forest there, 146, exit 37. And as you make the transition there up there under the parkway, have you seen the new parkway bridge? We calculated it a while ago. We think there's about three sections left. That's all it lacks. And, of course, they have to put, every time they put one on one end, they put one on the other end. But for that thing to be complete, we think there's only six sections left on the ground, and it looks like about three sections on each end, cantilevered, you know, as they do it. So, yeah, it's been a while coming, but uh, it's been amazing to watch them do that while they're constructing the road. I mean, while pe the traffic's going. They've not closed the traffic, and they set those things. It's been pretty amazing. So anyway, we're slow from right around there, around the parkway, all the way down and out across the river and up until it widens uh, there. It's all through that is, is slow this afternoon, the slow category. You got the same thing in downtown Asheville. Matter of fact, it's, it's uh, very slow in the downtown on the westbound side. And then a lot of backup today on the bridge uh, out to the... Uh, uh, there at uh, where Patton Avenue gets off, and, and, and of course, 240 goes under. And so all the way back to there, uh, and it's backed up a little bit up toward UNCA this afternoon. And then let's quickly look. Yeah, you got uh, slow down in the gorge. It's right there just past Maggie Valley. It's not bad today. No, it's just, it's just, there's, not, there's very little weight. It's just a few hundred yards. Not, not bad. So that's a good thing. Yeah, that's, and that's good news. 
as well. All right, everything else I'm seeing looks okay. Look, doing that at Greenville. They're having a better day than normal, but it is kind of off and on. It starts at the airport, go all the way down past 385, all the way down to 276 there at the Motor Mile. And uh, that's that whole section through there has got some issues. And, uh, yeah, and other than that, though, it seems like they are moving. I don't see, I'll see one wreck down on, 276 right in below 185 other than that it's unusual we don't have too many wrecks this afternoon in the greenville spartanburg area well temperatures much milder and much more moderate than we have been seeing and of course this time of the year they drop off pretty quick uh, this was recorded at 454 this afternoon 47 but still cool because you have wind gusting up to 21 mile an hour brought the feel like temperature down to 42. Well, now our actual temperature is 42 here at the studio, which again brings things way down. But something I want to point out to you, notice the barometric pressure is higher than you hardly ever see it. High pressure is like 30.2. Uh, a while back, we saw it at 30.3. That was high. We're at 30.5. That is extremely high for the pressure. So I said, well, what does that mean? Basically, it acts like a shield to keep, you know, low pressure precipitation from, from coming here. Although this is going to give way here quickly, and there's a low pressure system in below us, and it's coming this way, but still you're going to see what with, with it, when you have a difference in pressure, it's like letting air out of a balloon. What happens? When you let the high pressure, when you let the air out, what does it do? Well, the wind blows. You know, it, it, it creates pressure. Well, that's what happens when you have a, a big differential, a big gradient uh, differential between high pressure and low pressure. It creates windy conditions, and that's, that's probably going to happen as well. So uh, I was looking at Greenville. So Asheville 47, Greenville 48, not a lot of difference. And I'm looking at one other thing I thought I would mention is the humidity. Have you noticed your chap lips? Have you noticed that? Have you noticed the scratchy itchiness? Yep. And 22% uh, relative humidity at, at GSP. 22%. That's like the desert southwest. 25% uh, at Asheville. That's dry for us. And we hang in the 50s. And in your home, comfortable? Yeah, 50. 50% 50 humidity. That's, that's a, a pretty good comfort zone. And so, of course, a kettle on the stove or a pot of water on the, on the wood heater, all of those things add the humidity back to the room. And I will tell you, say this, even in this time, in it this dry, if you just took a pot of water and set it out, just, just an open container of water, it will actually absorb into the atmosphere and make it more comfortable, whether you heat it or not. Yeah, it really will. So, but getting your relative humidity up, humidity up, and the other part of that is that you feel... Um, humidity, when, when, when you have warmth and humidity combined, it makes you feel warmer. So, yeah, if you brought your humidity up, you could maybe turn your thermostat down just a little bit. Yeah. Um, you know how they go out, out west and say it's a dry heat, you don't really feel it that much? Well, that's the point. Uh, humidity tends to exaggerate the temperature. If it's very cold and very humid, it is cold indeed. If it's very hot and very humid, it is hot indeed. 
So adding humidity back does, uh, does help, okay? So here's what the thing looks like for tonight. We're freezing, okay, just 30, nothing major. Uh, but tomorrow, 47, only a 30% chance of rain, patchy fog tomorrow. Tomorrow night it increases, 70% chance of showers with fog, 41. For Wednesday, 80%, 53. Wednesday night, 90%, 50. Thursday, 90%, 59. Thursday night, 90%, 54. Friday, 70%, 62. Friday night, 30%, 48. So it's all week. It's all week. And it goes into the weekend. So I'm looking into the, the weekend here. Showers likely on Saturday, uh, 61, 70% chance. Saturday night, 46, 70%. Sunday, 30%. 56, Sunday night 33, and Monday 49. So bottom line is you won't we're not we won't have any freezing temperatures after tonight. Won't have any for a week. Okay, for one week. And that's a good thing. But here's what's gonna happen. You talk about muddy. It is gonna generate mud like you have we haven't had in a long time because of this how deep the ground is froze. And once this rain gets on it, it is gonna be muddy. I'd like to be in the gravel business, I'm telling you. Yeah. 22nd day of the month of January, let me just mention this, that Saturday uh, was, uh, was my grandfather's birthday. My grandfather was Harkless Wells Barton. He was born January the 20th, 1889, in a two-log cabin, uh, dog trot uh, cabin, uh, at King's Cove or King's Camp on, in Ca on Cathis Creek. And on, he was born in a cabin that his grandfather uh, built. Let me think about that just a second. No, his great-grandfather built. Yeah. He was born in a log cabin that his great-grandfather built. And uh, can you imagine having a baby at the 20th of January that far back in the woods in the year 1889, yeah, sure was. And so think about Grandpa a lot. 22nd day today, the General Operating Budget of Anchor Broadcasting sponsored by Vess and Barbara McCall. It's in honor of their 67th wedding anniversary. What about that? 67 years, that's amazing. Thank you, the Lord, for the three children, Belinda McCall, Harmon McCall, and Kathy Miller. And they say God is good. And uh, we appreciate all of these folks. We appreciate them very much. Appreciate the McCalls. We've known them for a long time. He pastored at Faith for a long time. Appreciate them and uh, appreciate them here today. The network today is sponsored by Adam Borden. Adam, of course, was here during Sherathon. We'll be back again this coming year. And it's in loving memory of his wife, Angel. And uh, he has, she had went home to be with the Lord just shortly before he came up here. And his two daughters, and uh, he's of course raising his daughters, and he's in memory of his wife, and also for the sake of the gospel. Brother Adam's going to be back with us this week. He'll uh, in the week of Sherathon. He'll be here for several days. We're excited to have him. We did we did the count. We counted it up. <clears throat> there will be when you figure announcers, musicians, singers, and preachers. There will be a hundred and twenty-two people, different people on stage during Sherathon. 
That does not count the sheriff on staff, the production staff, the office staff, the cooking staff, none of that. That's just people on the stage. That means that there's 122 different mic settings. <laughs> it's the truth. And a lot of those people play instruments, and so that's two mic settings, one for them and one for the instrument. Yeah, and they've been getting it together today. They've been working on sound today. It's a, it's a big undertaking. And it's only 34 days away. That's the other part of this. It's only 34 days away. So, uh, yeah, it is coming, and 90-something hours of live video, audio, AM, FM, Internet. And if you would like to watch it, I said this a while back, and somebody contacted me about it, and they said, now tell us how we do that. How can we watch it on our television? Watch it on our phone. How can we watch it on our television? Well, the, the question is, do you have Internet? Somebody asked me, he said, well, I, I have it on my phone. And, they, and, and, and the question was posed, can televisions get Wi-Fi off of a phone? And the answer is, I think so. Comporium just recently mandated, at least in our area, that all Internet comes off of Wi-Fi or excuse me, all cable television comes off of Wi-Fi. And so it takes a card you stick in the thing. So it's an Amazon fire, fire Stick, they call it. But we broadcast in multiple formats. So somebody said, well, what does that mean? Well, Ford, Chevrolet, and Dodge, right? They're all cars, are all vehicles, but they're all different, right? Different different brands, different formats. Parts won't interchange very much. I mean, tires will, but outside of tires, there's very little that'll interchange, correct? Well, that's the way that formats are. So you have Roku. Now, some of your TVs now come with Roku. It's built into them. But you can get a Roku stick to go in the back of it in the HDMI slot, and it'll pick up all things Roku. We have an app for that. You can go with... The Fire Stick, they're not expensive. You can pick them up off of, uh, off of Amazon. They're Amazon Fire Sticks is what they are. And you can get a Fire Stick, and you can have a smart television using a Fire Stick. And we have an app for that. Or you can hook it to Apple Television. Now, with Apple, it's a little more complex unless you get a TV that comes with it. Then you have to buy not just the... It's not a stick, I don't think. I don't think it is. I think it's a box. It's called Apple TV. Now, it does a whole lot more than just the stick does. But we have an app for that. So we have three apps, Roku, Amazon Fire Stick, and Apple TV. And we have an uh, app for each one of those. And so if you have a flat-screen TV that will accept HDMI plugs in the back of it, if it's not already smart and has one of those three formats on it, uh, because you know we're, in other words, we don't have an app, say for like, the brand of television like Samsung. We don't have an app for that, because of the different brands of TV. There's hundreds of brands of televisions, but if you will format it in one of those three, Roku, a Fire Stick, or or. Uh, 
Apple TV, we have an app for that. So, yes, you could take and you could hotspot your television, even if you don't have Internet. But if you have da data, fast, you know, high-speed data and good signal, you could. Your TV could log into your phone. You could. And you could have television that way. Or if you have Internet, obviously, uh, your television hooks to it. You download the app. You can watch. Everything goes on. You can watch it just like, just like I mean, full screen. And uh, we broadcast in 1080. And so we are, I mean, it's, it's good quality. It's high def. So, uh, yeah, yeah, sure. And we'll be, and, and listen, if you're planning on doing something like that and you need our help, please let us help you early. Please don't wait till the Friday before Sherathon and say, I just went and got me a TV. Now what do I do? Please don't do that, okay? If you got plans of trying to get it hooked up and we can be of help to you, we will. But please don't push it close to Sherathon. Go ahead and get what you're going to get done. And uh, here's something else. A lot of people don't realize that you can cast your phone. In other words, there's a way now, many of the televisions, you can cast what's on your phone up on your television without Internet. Yeah. I guess it was it Bluetooth up there. Is that how it does it? So, yeah, you can actually show your photographs. You're showing them to people. Instead of passing your phone around, you can throw it up on your television and watch them. You slide it on your phone, the slide on the television. But you can do that with YouTube and videos, but you can also do it with our app. So you sync your phone with your television, and then you open our app, and there you are. Yeah, you know, nothing else required. You got it. You don't need anything else. If your phone picks us up, you could cast it to your television and do the same thing. And I do know this. That's what I just said makes is just is elementary to a lot of folks. But you got to remember, folks, when I graduated high school, to my knowledge, Transylvania County did, did not even own a computer. And I'm talking about the whole county. The county, the county, uh, the county government did not. And as far as I know, the county schools did not. Matter of fact, I'm sure they didn't. Because I went to college and they only had one. And it took up two rooms, special air conditioning to cool it, uh, still had tubes in it, and had uh, magnetic reels and had uh, data punch cards and were programmed in Cobalt and Fortran. Yeah, that was right after we got out of the ark. It was. It was a long time ago. But I'm just telling you that to go from that to where we are now, there's a huge technology gap. And while I have tried to keep up with it, I am satisfied that these new, these new outfits have a great chip in them. I can go to any self-checkout, and it don't matter where it's at. I can go to the self-checkout and go to scanning my stuff, and something will be wrong. It never fails. It will always default. The light will come on, stop, slow down, quit, get help, and I have to have somebody manually check me out anyhow. It happens almost every time I go to the automated checkout. And my theory is there's a gray chip in there, and when it senses gray hair, it automatically messes up to make our generation look bad. There you go. All right, let's see who's with us this afternoon. Ann Arbor, Michigan, Arden, Birmingham, Boca Raton, 
Brevard, Covington, uh, El Monte, Enos, Fort Mill, Greensboro, Greenville, Hendersonville, Houston, Indianapolis, Kies, Germany, Lexington, Manchester, Morrisville, Noonan, Ottawa, Canada, Ridgeland, Rock Hill, Sacramento, Simpsonville, South Park, uh, Toledo, Tuscaloosa. We've got unknown in Germany, unknown in Europe, Williamson, South Carolina, and Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada. Glad to have all of you on here with us. We appreciate that very, very much. All right. And then let me also say, uh, <laughs> let me, uh, they're saying, uh, somebody's saying that the government has been buying and using manual typewriters for years now. They cannot be hacked and no electricity, no electricity required. Interesting strategy, huh? Wonder what they think's coming. Wonder what they got planned. Makes you wonder, don't it? Yeah. All right. I wanted to mention here a prayer request. Uh, this is for a little boy, and he had an accident, and apparently that was this afternoon, and apparently was uh, maybe stopped breathing for several minutes. They said the Lord worked a miracle and spared his life, and they're transferring to a bigger hospital. So far, things are looking good. They're praising the Lord for his mercy. The doctors said the next 12 hours are very important if all would keep him in your prayers. And I won't give you all the details of it, but I do think we know this child. And so, yeah, and so uh, name is Jaden, Jaden, little boy named Jaden. And I don't know how old he is, but he's, he's, he's young. And so please remember this as you pray. Also, I want you to remember Brother Vanny Solaris. Brother Vanny was hospitalized over the weekend with uh, some internal bleeding, and it's the second time in two years. And they did a uh, scope this morning about five, our time, and found that he has ulcers, colon ulcers. And he'll remain hospitalized for the next couple of days, and then they did biopsies and all, and then they'll be sending him home. But, of course, he has all of the bills and everything related to that, but also he's been very discouraged with it. You know, his daughter was hospitalized, and they had to uh, redo, reattach her colon to her stomach, her small intestine to her stomach. She was born with a very small uh, passageway, and she was, wasn't getting any bigger, and they couldn't figure out why. It's because she wasn't growing, because she did not have enough passage out of the stomach. Uh, to, to allow the food to go in to be absorbed in the small intestine. So they've just been through that. So remember him. He's been pretty discouraged. And so ask you to pray for Brother Vanny Solaris, missionary to Legaspi City, Philippines. He's from uh, nearby there. And so please remember him as pastor of the Anchor Baptist Church there in Legaspi. Hope that you will remember that. Okay? Certainly hope you remember that. And then, of course, the family that the Murdoch family that buried their 20-month-old daughter yesterday, tragic accident uh, in, uh, up in, in, the, yeah, in Yancey County, and want to remember them. And then uh, also uh, remember the, the family that uh, uh, they, they buried their loved one here at Anchor, uh, had the funeral here at the Mennonite Church. Uh, Brother Henry Koblenz went to be with the Lord, and they had his funeral here on Saturday. And I was... I tell you, they just uh, those 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 are fine folks, 
and uh, we love and appreciate them. I really do. They've been been friends with us for a very long time, and uh, we are very grateful. Um, let me just make a make an observation here. Uh, we've got something going on with our National Weather Service equipment. I bragged on it the other day, and I said, "Well, whatever it says, it's right. It's it belongs to the government, and it's right. Right? Wrong. We are getting some crazy readings. So." We ju- I mean, we're just getting crazy readings. It, there's no way that it's it, no way these readings are right. Okay, so there's just there's just no way. So, uh, and I don't know. We're going to have to talk to them about it. Uh, for instance, I've got uh, you know I, I've got temperatures. I'll just I'll just share them with you here. I've got lows, um, you know, three on Thursday, and then and then. And then four on Friday, and then four on Saturday, and then zero on Sunday. It was cold, but it wasn't zero, okay? So I don't know what's going on, because the highs seem to be tracking about right. And, of course, when I say that, it's the for the past 24 hours up into that moment, and usually it's taking around 8 o'clock on that moment, but uh, it wasn't zero here. That just, it wasn't. Not yesterday morning. It was cold, but it wasn't zero. So I don't know what's going on. I really don't. I, I don't know what's wrong with it. We've got to report it, and we're going to have to make some kind of note about the readings. We're going to have to do something with it because it's going to throw off the records because we do the records, and it's going to throw them off. So I'm uh, not sure what we're going to do about it. We've got to do something, though, sooner than later, and that is for sure. So if you hear us giving... Low temperatures that are too cold, it's because we got something wrong, okay? Something wrong. Right, let's talk about the national scene here for a moment. Well, in a surprise move to me, DeSantis quit. He threw in the towel last night. Um, and then there were two, Nikki Haley and former President Trump. I don't know if the poll numbers were that bad for DeSantis, in South Carolina, we knew that he had pulled out of New Hampshire going to South Carolina because he was trying to pull upset because if he could beat Nikki Haley in South Carolina, it'd give him a solid position in second place. Even though it's 30 points down, he's still a solid second. But he didn't. He threw in the towel last night. And so others may have saw it coming. I didn't. I didn't see it coming, and uh, so I don't know. And I've had a lot of people say to me, well, I just don't think I can stomach voting for Trump. A lot of people have told me that. And I guess I'd say it this way. If I was voting on him as a Sunday school teacher, absolutely not. If I was going to go fishing with him, probably not, because... He had hogged the boat. He had hogged the best holes, and he, you know, he just his personality. He, you know, he's 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 tiring to be around. But as far as his policies, if you poll the American public on the policies, his his key platform policies, the American public agrees with the pot. If you don't mention Donald Trump's name, if you just mention his policies, he will poll. 65 to 75 percent 
on things like the border, the pipeline, drilling for more oil, uh, you know, uh, foreign, uh, you know, the, the, the national defense and foreign affairs. He polls very, very high in those areas. But when you poll him personally, it's a different story. The problem is when you poll Joe Biden, his average, his overall poll numbers, 33%. And that's his average. Because as far as personality, he polls pretty high. But as far as the economy and the border and foreign affairs, his numbers are awful. So you have a deeply unpopular president running for re-election, a man who's, I don't know of any, I don't know of, I don't know of any president who ran for re-election and his numbers were this deep in the tank in the election year as Joe Biden's. So you, 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 you're, you're, it's going to boil down to an election between the most unpopular sitting president since Jimmy Carter against a very unpopular former vice president, former president, personally, Donald Trump. And, you know, that's the choice. That's where we are. And I think that, I think Donald Trump saw the handwriting on the wall because he started talking conciliatory after the, after Iowa. And all, he did, I mean, he did a little bit of strutting, but he, he started talking about how that, uh, Vivek had run a good campaign, how that uh, Nikki Haley had run a good campaign, how that DeSantis had run a good And him and DeSantis, you know, really hated one another, sound like. But, yeah, a little bit of conciliatory speech there. Don't know. Maybe you knew this was coming. I don't know. All I know is this. We need to pray. We're in a mess. Let's seek the Lord together if we can. Father, we ask and pray, Lord, for your help, your, your guidance, Lord, for the hand of God. Lord, you know exactly what we need. And Lord, I pray, if it be your will, may the pendulum swing the other way. And Lord, may we have godly values restored to our nation once again. And Lord, I, I pray. Lord, I know that you can use and you have used uh, men as instruments in the past. And Lord, we pray that you would again. And Lord, I pray you'd use a crooked stick to draw a straight line in accordance to your will and sovereignty. And Lord, we'll give you the glory in Christ's name. Amen and amen.